Good evening. So good to see you all here tonight. It has been a real honor, a privilege for me to be able to participate in the Spiritual Awakening Conference. For so many years I've attended these conferences and heard so much good preaching. And believe me, never thought I'd be able to participate and have a part in ministering. But I'm thankful for the opportunity, really have enjoyed it, have learned a lot. I appreciate you all, your good attendance, and your focus. Now we're turning to John chapter 21 this evening, the last service as we conclude this series of special meetings, John chapter 21. If you were here last night, you might recall our evangelist helped to focus our attention on the great commission of Jesus, one of his final commands to his disciples, a very important one, an essential command. So important, in fact, that the Great Commission appears in some form in all four Gospels and also the book of Acts. So important that the Gospels of Matthew and Mark conclude with the Great Commission. And now tonight we're following up on that a little bit. Providentially, we're looking at the final command of Jesus as recorded in the story of the Gospels. John chapter 21, of course, the final chapter in the Gospel of John, and indeed the final chapter in the whole gospel story. And as it appears here, as the story is told, the final command of Jesus is not in fact go, but follow. An essential command. An important command. How much of the success of our Christian walk depends upon this command? Not so much can we lead, but can we follow? Not so much can we perform for Jesus, but can we just follow him? Many years ago in Prague, there was a great battle. As a matter of fact, in modern times, it's remembered as the Battle of Prague. The Austrian army was facing the Prussian army, fighting for control of the region, and things were going terribly for the Prussian army. Their lines were scattered the soldiers were shaken. There was confusion everywhere, and it seemed that their destruction was imminent. When just at the bleakest moment of the battle, the Prussian commander ran forward to the front lines. Field Marshal Kurt von Schwerin was his name. He ran forward into the battle, and he shouted out, Let all brave-hearted Prussians follow me! And they did. They regathered, regrouped, reconnected, redoubled their efforts, and they won the battle that day. Now, sadly, Kurt von Schwerin lost his life in that battle. But his men said it was his final command that inspired them and emboldened them to go forward to victory. And what we're looking at tonight in John chapter 1 the final command of Jesus, so important that it's repeated. Jesus said, follow me, and he followed up with, follow thou me. Now, I don't know about you, I find it intriguing that this command of discipleship, follow me, is located here at the end of the story. Does it seem to you like follow me is a command that should be found at the beginning of the story? Well, indeed it is. Jesus said this command 18 times throughout the Gospels at the beginning and in the middle and all throughout and again at the end. Would you follow me just for a moment 
let's trace this uh, pattern of discipleship through, can we? Way back there in John chapter 1 and Mark chapter 2, Jesus met these men that we're familiar with now as the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. He met some of these men as recorded early on in the Gospels. And he said to them, follow me. Men like Philip, Peter, Matthew, the tax collector. He said to them, follow me, looking them right in the eye. And they did. Well, sometime later, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus found some of these same men at work. They were fishing by the Sea of Galilee. Some of the same men that he had earlier spoken to and said, follow me, and they wanted to, but they kept on working, you see. And at that time, Jesus once again called upon them to follow him. He said, will you leave your nets behind? He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they did. Well, sometime later, just a few months before the crucifixion, Jesus speaking to his disciples in a very intimate discipleship setting. He began to teach them about the upcoming crucifixion. And he said to his disciples, if any man would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing, but it seems like this is another level. A new level of commitment. Oh, it's one thing to decide to follow Jesus, you see. But then to leave your work and your livelihood behind, incredible. But now Jesus says, I want you to embrace the calling. Suffering, crucifixion. Will you be willing to give your life in following me? Well, sadly, the story continues. And just a short time later, we read, Hours before the crucifixion, Peter steps forward and he says to Jesus, I will never deny you. I will never stop following you, so to speak. He said, if everybody else is offended, that means to be turned out of the way. If everybody else goes out of the proper way, I will never, I will follow you to the, de to the death. And then the scripture says, likewise, it said, all the disciples. And just a couple hours later, we read these words, they all forsook him and fled. And now in John chapter 1, the resurrected, glorified Jesus catches up with these men. You can color it how you like, you can state it how you want, but these men are in failure. They have gone back on the commitments they made to follow Jesus. I think you know this story. John chapter 21, verse 3, Peter said, I'm going fishing. All the other disciples said, sounds good, we'll go fishing. They were quite literally and specifically going back on a decision that they had made over there. Leave the nets, Jesus said, follow me. Peter said, I'm going back to the nets. Why don't you all come with me? And that, my friends, is why we see this command of Jesus, follow me. At the end of the story, that's what the disciples needed to hear at that time. And perhaps tonight, that's what you and I need to hear. Now you follow along, and I'll read our text. It's John chapter 21. We'll start at verse 15. John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, 
Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again, The second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he, Peter, should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following. That's John, the author of this gospel, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. You see, these men have made a commitment already to follow Jesus. There's no question about that. And a repeated commitment to follow Jesus. No question about that. That is not what is at stake in this passage. The question is not, will these men finally make a decision to follow Jesus? No, the question is, will they follow through? That's very much in doubt. In a manner of speaking, the question right now is not, can Peter follow Jesus out of the boat and walk on the water with Jesus? No, he's done that. The question now is, can he continue walking when his faith is shaken? And we don't know yet. The question here is not, will these men leave their nets? The question is, will they stay away from their nets? The question is not, have they decided to follow Jesus? The question is, no turning back? Now for you and me tonight, church, college friends, it's very evident to me that you have made a decision to follow Jesus. I don't believe there is any clear-thinking person in the entire world that would look at this crowd and argue that you have made a decision or that you have not made a decision to follow Jesus. You hear, my friends, on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night, you could be so many different places. Clearly, you've decided to follow Jesus. College students, you made a commitment to go to ministry, to study in a Bible college. Obviously, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. There's no doubt about that. No doubt. The question is not, will you follow? The question really is, will you follow through? 
And there may be some good church folks tonight are looking ahead at this new calendar year and thinking, I do not know if I can hold out faithful in 2023. I remember all my faults and failures in 2022. And I made new, fresh commitments to God. But I don't believe I can hold out. Maybe some college students here are thinking, you know, we're only four days into the semester. And we've got four months to go. I'm already exhausted. I'm already overwhelmed. There is no way they're going to kick me out or else I'll faint and fail. I can't make it. Maybe some good people here tonight have been listening carefully throughout the week. You've taken good notes in the preaching services. You've come forward. You walked the aisle. You made a decision. You made a commitment. But you're not sure if you can keep it. Now, I have talked to college students, not this week, but in years past, who have told me this, more than one. They've said to me, Brother Zempel, I felt the Lord tugging at my heart to go forward, to make a commitment, and I did not, because I'm pretty sure I'd go back on it. Now, let me just say this quickly. I don't believe that's the right response. And let me tell you why. It's not the right response when the Lord's tugging at your heart to just say no I won't make a commitment because I think I'll go back on it. Number one, it's not up to you anyway. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. It's all his ability. Your ability is not the question. But number two, if the Lord's prompting your heart to respond and make a decision and you say, no, I will not, you're already going backward. And maybe some good folks have been listening to the preaching services and said, I felt that prompting of the Lord, but I just wasn't ready to make a decision. I'll stay neutral. You're not neutral. You went backward already. And what we're talking about is this question of following Jesus. We have decided to follow Jesus. We can honestly sing the first part of the chorus, but no turning back. And tonight I'd like to examine this portion simply, <clears throat> with the Lord's help, clearly, and bring out three principles for you and me who may be wondering, what do I do to follow through? I made a decision, but what do I do to follow through? I didn't make the decision because I didn't feel I could follow through. What do I do? And can we just notice quickly these three points? These are the matters you should consider. Number one, love Jesus honestly. Number two, obey Jesus immediately. Number three, focus on Jesus exclusively. Number one, love Jesus honestly. Let's draw our attention to verse 17. And this is probably the most prominent, the most well-known feature of this text. Jesus questioned Simon Peter three times. And he said, do you love me? A threefold repetition of this very important question. The threefold repetition, like a big, bold highlighter. This is so important. I can imagine uh, if my wife asked me one time, do you love me, I would begin to think, eh, something's up. If she asked me three times in a row, do you love me, 
I'd be very aware we're having a serious conversation. But it's interesting to me as well, the threefold question of Jesus parallels the threefold denial of Peter. Three times, he said, I don't know the man. And three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? What we're saying right here is that we're, if we're concerned about following through with Jesus, following through on commitments, following on faithful to the end, the first thing we need to consider is love Jesus honestly. I reflect on this passage and I think there's so many questions that Jesus could have asked Peter at this moment. So many things he could have said to Peter at this moment. But the one question is, and always has been, do you love me? And I, in my imagination, I think if I were there, I don't know, I would expect Jesus to say to Peter something like this, Peter, what are you doing here? Peter, how did you come to be here? But that's not the question. Do you know when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? It covers that. Do you love me? Or Jesus might have asked Peter, Peter, I've got a great plan and a mission for you. I have to get you back on the right track. Peter, Peter are you able to complete the great mission I have for you? Can you preach to thousands? Can you take part in the establishing of the Christian church? Peter, can you perform great miracles and stay faithful until a martyr's death? Peter, can you do it? But you see, that's not the question either. And when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? It covers all that. And right here, my Christian friend, we feel our weakness and we remember our failure so painfully. And the question that Jesus asked us tonight is not, what are you doing there? I don't mean geographically, I mean spiritually. Could be there's somebody here tonight and you are well aware that you are farther from Jesus than you used to be. You are well aware right now that there was a time in the past when you were a lot closer to, closer to Jesus than you are right now. And you might think Jesus' question to you would be, how did you get there? But that's not it. The question is, do you love me? It's the only question. It's always been the question. Maybe some of us are feeling our weakness as we recognize the call of God on our life and what he's asking us to do, the demands and so forth, and we wonder if we can do it. We might think Jesus is going to come and ask us this evening, are you able to accomplish the great work I have for you? But that's not it. Jesus is asking us tonight, do you love me? Now, I said earlier that I'm calling this point, Love Jesus Honestly. You might think, that's a strange title. What does that mean? I've heard of loving people faithfully. I've heard of loving people deeply. What do you mean, love Jesus honestly? Well, I'm thinking on Peter's reply. He said what I believe a lot of us would say. If Jesus came and spoke to us and said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. I sure wish I loved you more. 
You're concerned about your faithfulness. You don't know if you can hold out. You don't know if you can carry through. The very first thing you need to consider is not your ability or your failure. The very first thing you need to do is get alone with Jesus and wrestle with that question. Do you love me? And give Jesus the honest answer because he knows. Number two, obey Jesus immediately. Obey Jesus immediately. The solution for Peter, the solution indeed for all these other disciples, Jesus ministering to them, casting more vision for them, and when they were deep in failure, that's going to be the answer for you and me. When we wonder, can I make it through this year? Can I make it through this semester? Don't worry about what's going to happen a month from now, ten months from now. Obey Jesus today. And just as Jesus asked Peter a threefold question, he gave Peter a threefold instruction. And this, too, is a very well-known and prominent feature in this text. Three times Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And three times he said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, pasture the sheep, shepherd the sheep, take care of them. Peter, that's what you ought to be doing right now. And once again, I see the tenderness, the graciousness of our Lord. There's no berating Peter. There's no listing off all of his faults and failures. Peter, let me tell you all the things he did wrong. Jesus simply said to Peter, do what you know you ought to be doing right now. You see, at this time in his life, Peter had already been called to be a disciple. At this time in his life, Peter had already been commissioned as an apostle. As we discussed a couple of days ago, there's a difference there. At this time in his life, Peter had already been empowered by Jesus, and he had experienced remarkable ministry already at this time in his life. Peter knew very well that this was not where he was supposed to be, and this is not what he was supposed to be doing. Jesus said to Peter, you simply need to get busy doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. It's that simple. And some of us today are worried about tomorrow. Do you know that you cannot go forward and obey Jesus tomorrow? Did you know that? And you cannot go backward and obey Jesus yesterday. Oh, I wish I could. There are a couple of days. If I could, I'd like to go back and do them over. But I can't. None of us can go back and be faithful to Jesus yesterday. None of us can go forward and be faithful to Jesus tomorrow. You know what we can all do? We can all be faithful to Jesus right now. Every single one of us. Every last one of us. Nobody in here can stand up and say, I commit, I promise, I will be faithful to Jesus this entire year. I promise you. Not a single one of us can make that promise. Not one. But every single one of us can be faithful to Jesus today. Every single one of us can do what we know we ought to do today. And I'm wondering if there's somebody in here who knows that Jesus has called you to something greater than what you're currently uh, living. And you're resisting. And you don't want to participate in his plan. I wonder if there's somebody in here, the Lord touched your heart during these last few days and you resisted. There was a commitment. There was a fresh and a new call. Will you follow me? Will you take another step of faith? Will you come with me? And you said, I will not. Nobody in here can stand up and say, I will give my life for Christ in the future, but every single one of us can give our life to Christ today.
What does God want you to do right now? It's as simple as that. It really is. You do what Jesus wants you to do right now. And tomorrow will take care of itself. My friends, can I ask you this question? How does a Christian remain faithful for an entire year? How does a Christian remain faithful for an entire year? One day at a time. Are you doing what Jesus wants you to do today? Love Jesus honestly. Obey Jesus immediately. Third, finally, focus on Jesus exclusively. Focus on Jesus exclusively. Now in this passage, Jesus casts some vision for Peter. He says, in the future, I believe you will remain faithful, and I prophesy that you will indeed die a martyr's death. Peter, things are looking rough now, but I've got a vision for you, and I will enable you, and you will follow through. Well, that's an amazing message. And for some reason, Peter, after hearing that, gets distracted. Verse 20, he turns around and he sees John. I don't know why. It's very unusual. The whole question is unusual. I, uh, I studied about four different commentaries to find out why Peter would have asked this question. I came up with about seven different ideas. I don't know. We don't know. It's not indicated in the text. It's a strange question, but the answer is simple. Follow me. <laughs> What's he going to do, Jesus? How is he going to live his life? The question is odd. The answer is, follow me. And Peter was distracted by John. And Jesus said, Peter, don't focus on John. You are not called to live the life of John. You are called to live the life of Christ. Follow me. And in addition, Peter, you are not called to plan the life of Peter. You are called to follow me. My friend, don't be distracted by others. Others may have more success, apparently. Others may have more support than we have, apparently. I wonder if some college students are thinking they cannot follow Jesus because they don't have the advantages that others have. Maybe you're looking around you at somebody else and saying, well, if I had their background, I could follow Jesus. If I had the support that she has and all the friends and prayers. Nobody ever sends any gifts for my college bill. I'm all alone. Well, I don't know. That might be true. You might be all alone. Remember, Elijah thought he was alone. But even if nobody in the world knows your name, Jesus does. Is that enough for you? Is that enough for you? You don't focus on what everybody else is doing. He has more opportunities than I have. She has better ministry. Focus on Jesus exclusively is the point. And I will add this as well. Don't focus on the failures of others e e either. Sometimes we get distracted because people fail and they hurt us. I believe there's Christian people who say, I can't follow God because people have disappointed me. Your focus is in the wrong place. I don't deny you're telling the truth. Your focus is in the wrong place. Follow me, Jesus said. Focus on me. <clears throat> Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. We should be looking unto him. Jesus is the one who called us, and he will do it. Some perhaps wondering tonight, what do I have to do to follow through? I've made a commitment. I've made a decision. I don't know if I can remain faithful. 
all year long, all semester long, what do I do? I'm encouraging you not to focus on your abilities, not to focus on your failures. I'm encouraging you to love Jesus honestly, obey Jesus immediately, focus on Jesus exclusively. Then you'll be able to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Well, what about these men? You may wonder. We're trying to get, uh, glean biblical principles that will apply to our lives and give us hope that Jesus Christ can empower us to remain faithful. What about these men? Did they follow through? The account is told of Thaddeus, the disciple. He traveled to Edessa preaching the gospel. He was crucified for his Lord there and for his faith. He did follow through. Thomas, the disciple, you might remember him as being timid and doubting. He became a fearless evangelist and a church planner. He traveled as far as Syria and India, where he was surrounded by Roman soldiers and pierced through with their lances. He gave his life for Jesus. He followed through. Simon Zelotes was preaching the gospel in Persia, where he was arrested and sawn in half. He followed through. Philip the disciple, preaching in modern-day Turkey, and he witnessed to the wife of a Roman proconsul, and she received Christ. And in retaliation for that, he was arrested and he was flogged and he was crucified just as Jesus Christ had been. He gave his life. He was 87 years old when he went through that ordeal. He followed through. Andrew, the, Andrew, the disciple, was preaching in Greece, where he was arrested and crucified. He hung upon the cross for three days until he expired. And all of those three days, he continued preaching to the crowds around him. And the account said, many were converted. Bartholomew, the disciple, traveled as far as the modern-day Azerbaijan. And the account is that he there infuriated the people he was ministering to. They skinned him alive. And as he went through that ordeal, the entire time until he was, uh, gave up his last breath, he continued preaching to his tormentors. James, the son of Alphaeus, was taken to the top of a high tower and thrown down. The intent was to kill him. He survived the fall. Pardon me, but his body was mangled, and he was still alive. And there, lying on the pavement, he continued preaching. Until the people around were so incensed, they took up clubs and beat him to death. As far as we know, every last one of these disciples gave their lives, except for John the Apostle. And certainly he was tortured and very nearly martyred. What about Peter, though? Peter seems to be the focus. Peter seems to be the leader. Both in the successes and the failures of this group of disciples, what happened to Peter? Did he carry on for the Lord? Did he follow through? Was he faithful? Peter was apprehended in Rome, thrown in prison. He spent nine months in the notorious Mamertine dungeons. In the dark the whole time, chained to a post, tortured the entire time, and the entire time preaching the gospel. The account is that 47 people in that jail came to Christ 
before Peter was finally crucified. Now we know from Scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, that Jesus in some way revealed to Peter before his death that he was about to die. We do not know how. But an ancient author named Hegesippus wrote this account, and it's interesting. He says this, that Peter the Apostle was ministering in the city of Rome. The persecution was growing very intense. The Christian friends of Peter became aware that the Emperor Nero had plans to apprehend Peter and put him to death. So they urged Peter, their beloved friend and minister, they urged him, please leave, please leave the city. It's not safe for you here. Finally, Peter relented. One day, leaving the gates of the city, traveling along the road that led away from Rome, the account is that at that moment he had a vision of Jesus. And Jesus was walking the same road, but in the opposite direction. He was walking toward the city, and Peter said, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus said, to my death. And Peter reflected for a moment and turned around and followed Jesus. Now that's not a scriptural account. We don't know exactly how it came to be that Jesus revealed to Peter, you will die for me and it will be soon. But Peter did give his life for Jesus. He continued faithful. The most unlikely candidate. Have you read this story? John chapter 21 of all people? Peter. And tonight we, have made, we may have doubts. I don't know if I can continue on. I don't know if I, I can hold out. I've made a decision. I don't think I can probably follow through on it. I was so afraid to make a commitment that I did not. Your question may be, can I follow through? Well, the answer is, follow me. You might be wondering tonight, aware of your own weakness, can I follow through? The answer is, follow me.